0: Get clicked, covered, and rained on. All week long on WebmasterRadio.fm. Your destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
1: incredibly entertaining.
2: I want to ask you a question that comes with controversy. Oh, is now you're
1: really it? tapping into it, Byron. See, now you get a chance to
2: ask all the questions that you always wanted to know. And even better, this is going to be a podcast so we can listen and laugh later. This it's is one of your favorite things. Keep it simple,
3: stupid. <laughs>
1: Tiger Tiger Tiger.
4: Yeah, no question. I think it was Tiger 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 Tiger. <laughs> he is the name. I mean he is what golf is uh resting on right now. <laughs> I think
1: he's a great team player. He did buy his wife a new yacht. Yeah, well for that
4: team he's doing well. You
1: <laughs> <laughs> Get
4: to know Melanie Mayer on Light Tips. Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific,
2: only on Webmaster Radio.fm.
3: Welcome to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun on the web and around the world. Life Tips president Byron White talks to the latest trendsetters about strategies to grow your business. Editor Melanie Nayer interviews celebrities and expert writers on their tips for making life enjoyable and entertaining. Now, please welcome this week's Life Tips host, Byron White and Melanie Mayer.
1: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Life Tips Show. Happy New Year! Uh, as you just heard from the fabulous cover story, we are going to be talking about PR today. But before we get into that, Happy New Year, Byron.
2: Hey, Mel! Happy New Year. Did you have a nice time off? Another year with Melanie. I, it's it's going to be fun. <laughs> Uh, Very exciting. Yes, I did have a happy new year. How about you? Everything Everything
1: was great. I'm glad to be back. New year, new possibilities.
2: Indeed. And a lot of fun. It's uh, it's an exciting year for life tips, exciting year for Melanie and uh let's let's go at it and, <laughs> and dive an exciting right Exciting year guests. for this you. Is, this is gonna be a great show. Mostly because I've I have a code name, Melanie, for a, a PR firm that we that we experimented with a little bit this year. And I like uh, their their name may have rhymed with this name, but I'm going to come up with a new name. I'm going to call it Fizzle PR. <laughs> yeah uh, Fizzle PR. Uh, we won't list any names, but it was uh, an experiment, and and I think we probably should have been featured in the Business Week uh, worst PR campaigns or lack of results. <laughs> maybe is a better new category. Uh, but PR is is difficult to achieve. So I'm excited to to chime in and go ahead and take it away. Let's bring it into the new year. Yeah, this going
1: to be great. One of the things um, you know, we're going to talk about, and you heard Brandy talk a little bit about this Uncover story, was you know, the essentials of public relations for your company, and really what it is that, that can take you to the next level, or you know, taking those risks and rewards that can uh, unfortunately sometimes end up in consequence, and um, we'll see what happens, but today we're going to bring on Tara Fryer. Tara, good to have you here.
5: Thanks so much for having me. Hi, Byron.
1: Pleasure to meet you. Tara is the president and CEO of the Goodwin Group here in Massachusetts and a PR extraordinaire, um, and we're happy to have her here. Tara uh, is going to talk to us today a little bit about uh, PR campaigns. We're going to take a look back on last year's PR campaigns. There were some really interesting things that happened in, uh, both online, in business, um, and also in the entertainment world and from a celebrity angle that I think are going to be really um, interesting to talk about. Um, but, Tara, before we get into all of that, let's talk first about one of the most important elements that you've pointed out over and over again to your clients from a PR campaign, and that is a strong and compelling website.
5: Yes, Melanie, it is so important. Um, before we even start campaigns with our clients, we stress they need to have a strong, compelling, and updated website. And so often, we see companies that want to take it to the next level and compete with groups that are in a larger income bracket, but they can't because their website is horrible. And honestly, next to the CEO, the web is the public face of a company, and you better make sure that it's right.
1: Absolutely. Um, One of the things you pointed out, though, also was that It's a communications tool. You know, you need to use your website as a form to communicate with not only your clients, but to the public, and that includes the media.
5: Absolutely. Oftentimes, reporters will ask us, immediately for the URL, so they can go on the website, check the financials, check what messages are being disseminated before they even want to talk to a CEO. They want to do a little background research, and that's why it's essential to make sure that your website is absolutely updated and everything that you put on there is accurate because it can come back to you, and it will haunt you.
1: Absolutely. It's the power of the written word, and now that it's not on print anymore and we're online, it is going to be there forever and ever. And it can be found again and again.
5: Absolutely. And pointed out again and again in your face. And it I, I can't even stress to you that again, as I said, before we work with clients, we want to make sure that their websites are updated. And I can give you a funny example. Um I think I'm allowed to say this on the radio. <laughs> we Let's had a client We had a client who is an up-and-coming young caterer, and she really was just outside of the Boston area and really wanted to penetrate the Boston market. She wanted to work for the ballet and big companies and developers and really make a name for herself. And the first thing we did was our little exercise where we went on and checked out her website, and we looked under the menu section, and the first thing that came up was prostitute wrapped in figs. Fabulous. Now, obviously, it was meant to be prosciutto, the nice Italian ham, but what came out was it went through a spell check, and it came to the next closest word, and that's what you had. Byron, I'm going to let you that, take that. Before any PR went out, <laughs> because I know, you know, when you were uh, at the Globe, Melanie, if you saw that, you would never let me forget it.
1: <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't, and, you know, I'm going to let Byron have this one because he knows what my next comment is going to be about spell
2: checking and grammar. Mm-hmm. Well... Let's see.
1: How about we, <laughs> no, I mean, how one about of the things that you point out that, that
2: spelling is important. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so important, and I think it, you know it, it seems such like such a simple task to do, but it's so important. Always proofread your information. Always do a grammar check. Um, you know, and more before anything goes
5: out. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but more important, you should also have a couple of pairs of eyes because a lot of times, if you're updating it or you're writing the site yourself sometimes something can slip by. And so we always go through two or three people reading something before we actually deem it to be okay.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that, Tara, I always found was so interesting about companies' websites are the news portions of their site. You know, like mm-hmm. what's new in the company? And sometimes, you know, by the end of third quarter, you're looking at stuff from spring.
5: Right. And that's a big problem. And I think sometimes when you're in the company, you don't really think about it. You say, oh, well, I put those up a while ago, and all of a sudden the months tick by. And nothing is more frustrating for a PR person or a reporter to want to get some credible information on a company and find their financials are a quarter old when their new ones should have been posted. Um, At one point, I was working with a client, and they had an in-the-news section, which I think is a great tool because it really gives people a flavor of the company, how they think, what they do. And, you know, it was so outdated. It was December when we looked at it, and their last posting was January of that previous year. So it just you know it's a great tool. I think you should absolutely use it, but the key is to keep it updated. And right. even do it on a quarterly basis or every other month, whenever you, but it has to be updated because if it's not, what messages is your company saying? We don't care enough about our website to let you know what's going on. And that, again, leaves a bad taste in the mouths of potential clients or the public in general.
1: And going back to what we originally said, your website is your company's public face.
5: Absolutely.
1: So it's important to constantly keep things updated. But another thing that's important, you know, a lot of websites do this, a lot of companies do this, where, you know, they'll also pull information and news from other sources and put it on their site that are relevant to not maybe not the company or maybe they've, you know, sourced, maybe the company was sourced in an article. Maybe not. Maybe it's just an informational um, thing that people are pulling um, you know, that might benefit mm-hmm. their clients. But one yep. thing that companies need to, to remember, and I want you to touch upon this um, for a second, is the importance of sourcing facts and articles on your site.
5: Absolutely. Melanie, this is an age of transparency. We've learned that from HP if we've learned nothing else in 2006. it absolutely has to be above board. And if you're taking an article from the Wall Street Journal or any other publication and you're putting it on your website, I would always recommend that you actually pay to have the reproduction rights of the article. A lot of clients don't. They don't have the budget, so they'll do a cut and paste job. It doesn't look as professional, and that's okay. But if you decide that the article is 95% good but 5% is a little detrimental, you can't start doing your own editing because that's going to wreck your credibility. (laughs) It's a
1: recipe for disaster. And
5: I've seen people do that. You know, oh, gee, that was a great article, except that one line where I didn't like the answer that the CEO had. Well, let's just take it out. Nobody will know the difference. Believe me, they will know the difference. And as PR people, that would be one of the first questions we'd get from a savvy reporter who would take a look at it, or even a consumer. Sure. All
1: right, well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Byron's going to throw some tough questions Tara's way, and uh, we'll be right back.
3: Life Tips on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back with more cool tips and advice right after these commercial messages.
1: Know
4: how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? ClickSore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from ClickSore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on ClickSore.com today. That's clicksor.com. Your bottom line will thank you. ClickSore.com. Delivers where it matters for you. Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with PaperPost, the consumer-generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at PaperPost will creatively expose your product or service through original link-generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through PaperPost. Visit PaperPost.com and join the revolution. Viva la revolución! Recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the
0: web. It's a little pet peeve of mine, right? Go on the web and somebody writes up about me and they put web gorilla, as in the monkey, not gorilla, like, you know, warfare, terrorist. We're gonna do the monkey. Hi, this is Greg
4: Bozer, monkey. aka Monkey Boy.
5: Sometimes I get a little pissy.
2: But right. I gotta tell you, dude, he made you look like a good chimp.
0: He did. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're to confusing me. Monkey. Monkeypicks.co.uk. Funny bastard, isn't he? Damn I swear me. to God, if you play that promo one more time, <laughs> I'm publishing
2: the photo.
4: How much is that gorilla in the window?
0: Hey, Open your windows for a breath of fresh air. WebmasterRadio.fm. And hey, Mac, we're here for you too. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
3: And now back to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host.
2: Tara, back with you. Thanks for joining us today in advance. Here, um, thanks, Byron. You bet. couple of Couple of questions for you that uh, that that I'd like to hear your uh, your response to. Um, you know, clearly, public relations and media as a whole is really changing as we know it. Um, consumers are, are in control, and they're now empowered with sites like YouTube and MySpace. How is the whole PR firm strategy and PR agency changing its strategy with this new and moving uh, different, different uh, media target out here?
5: It's completely changing the way that it does business. They Now, more than ever, we have to look at alternative mediums. I mean, there, there are surveys and studies out that show people, especially 25 and under, aren't getting their news from newspapers or even television anymore. So we have to use those vehicles and find out what is going to resonate with those target audiences. And we have to jump on the bandwagon because there's no way to, that we can survive by saying, we can do it the way we've always done it. It's just not going to work. Our technology is faster than we are, and we need to be ahead of the curve.
2: And tell me a little bit about the PR firms' uh, you know position in word of mouth marketing. Is that oh the viral that, marketing? Yeah, well, word of mouth marketing, more, more particularly, and developing and creating campaigns that are grassroots campaigns that are really meant to be to become viral and become spread through the whole word of mouth marketing.
5: I think it's very important. Um, I can tell you what we had done actually, and it really was a word of mouth type of campaign where we worked for the Executive Office of Elder Affairs to increase enrollment for a new state health care program. And the people who were going to be using this health care program would not respond to the traditional media because a lot of them couldn't even read because they didn't speak English. So we had to actually go out into the field and talk to people one by one through a series of events, and we actually had um, a a portable van, and the program was called SCO, Senior Care Options, so we called it the SCO Mobile. and we went from city to city to city with events and forums where we could explain the benefits of this program, and it caught on, and the program, we were given a two-month window, and in two months, the enrollment in the program increased by almost 40%. Mm
2: -hmm. Tell me a little bit about the role of both a client of yours and a PR firm in, in developing strategy.
5: It is absolutely essential that clients work together with their PR firm. What is a recipe for disaster is if a client says, I've hired a PR firm. They can handle it. We need clients to be extremely interactive in developing the messaging, in talking about their target audience, and finding the right themes that are going to work. And it's a partnership. We always tell our clients, just because you've hired us, that does not mean that your work stops here, because you have a lot more to do with us. And if we don't have clients who are interactive, it's just not going to work.
2: How do you determine what is newsworthy and as a follow up which you can bring into your to your answer, how do you create stories that are newsworthy?
5: There are a lot of different ways. Um, you have to th- I, I hate using that term, think outside the box, because it's so cliche. But you have to be creative. You have to think of new ideas all the time. What works, what doesn't work, what's going to be fun. And you have to think maybe a little bit differently than kind of traditional PR, because as Melanie can tell you, being a former reporter, reporters get anywhere from 500 to 1,000 emails a day from PR professionals saying, you've got to take a look at this. You know, our company XYZ has developed this gizmo that's going to revolutionize the world. Well, really, why? What's the practical application about that? Who is it going to benefit? Now, remember, reporters are in the business of telling stories, and you've got to deliver compelling goods that will rise above all the others. I can actually give you a small example of that. Um, We had a book author last year who wrote a book about talking and speaking, public speaking, and it was called Speak Like a CEO, and we had done a phenomenal amount of media when the book was released, but after a couple of months, you know, trying to get people to write about this was hard because we had already gotten a lot of media out there, but one of the things that we did was we were talking about who were television's best and worst bosses. And she did a little ranking chart, and we wrote about each boss how they could improve their speaking tips, and it was picked up very widely, and it worked well.
2: Hmm. Is in the PR world, well, I guess, is the PR world getting confused with search engine optimization? Uh,
5: Could you explain what you mean by that? Sure,
2: a lot of companies um, out there are using press releases as vehicles to improve their link popularity. Mm -hmm. In other words. Bit using uh, you know, PR web, you know, mm-hmm. p- you know, using lots of different vehicles to get press releases out that are, of course, then hosted on various servers and picked up in various places that feature links back to their website. Right. And there's actually an art and a science of, of creating that link strategy. So I guess my question for you is, 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 the, is the PR world getting confused with SEO? Is that becoming part of the strategy, and is it watering the whole press release down?
5: I would never use that as a strategy because i don 't necessarily think it 's a smart one you know if you 're blanketing press releases as long as it 's sourced properly and people know where it 's coming from i don 't necessarily think it 's a problem, but most PR professionals use a number of vehicles, and press releases are really only one that they use to kind of get the messages out and i 'm not necessarily sure that by blanketing strategies because the message is going to be stale. It's going to be saying the same thing. And I think consumers and the general public are smart enough to catch on to that strategy after a while.
2: Hmm. If you are a relatively unknown company um, that really uh, doesn't have much going for itself other than a great client base and a a great uh, service that you're providing and or a great website that offers great products and services, what tact can you take if you are trying to distinguish yourself and trying to get, get, if you will, press about your company?
5: You look beyond the company itself, which is oftentimes hard to get CEOs to do. This is their baby. They've built it up from the ground, and they're very proud of what they do. We try to ask them to think. What is different about you? One of the first things that we sit down and do is a competitive analysis, and we look at the competition, and we look at the messages that are out there. And if they're doing something that's similar to the competition, we try to look at the services they're offering and offer suggestions as to how they might change that. Charity partnerships, different kinds of events, all different strategies to get the message out on a different level from their competitors because otherwise they're going to get drowned, especially if they're a smaller company.
2: Bring me into your world with regards to taking a, what you believe is a newsworthy story to, the, to appropriate targeted press. Is, does it happen via phone call? Is it, is it connections you have? Is it contacts you made over the years? Bring me into your secret sauce, if you will, with how you tackle this, <laughs> this impo- seemingly impossible task.
5: All the trade secrets. Without
2: revealing all your trade secrets.
5: It's, no, no, no. Give us it's, a
2: few jewels.
5: It's really, it, it's all of those things, Byron, to be honest with you. It's the connections that you have with reporters. It's so much easier if you can pick up the phone and say, hey, Bob, how's it going? How's Sarah and the kids? And then talk to them about something because you have established a relationship with them. And I think to be a PR professional, it's very important to have those relationships. That said, there are so many reporters that you can't possibly have personal relationships with everyone. So what can you do? I really hate sending press releases, if I didn't make that clear in my earlier statement. <laughs> press releases to me are, you know, a mouthpiece for a company. If you want to put them on your website and reporters and public people can glean information from it, I think it's great. But for a reporter who's on a tight deadline they don't want to sit through and weed through three or four pages of a press release. They want the meat of what's new and what's exciting. So when we sit down with our clients, we try to find different angles of what's going to appeal to particular reporters. And sometimes you can take a story and pitch it to several different reporters based on different angles. You can have a business angle. You can have a retail angle. Uh, There are many different ways to work this but you just have to know your targets and understand that they get inundated with requests for coverage so you have to be very creative in your approach And we've done some wild things you know we've, we've sent reporters um, you know widgets sneakers you know all kinds of things that you know talk about so they could see how a product or a service works. Um, we've done some charity partnerships that have been phenomenal because a lot of times we've done some work for luxury retail jewelers in Boston. And one of the things that you want to show is that they also have a partnership with charities and that they give back to the communities where they're located. So looking at unique angles or charities that are going to really resonate with people and say, wow, these people are also doing good. Yes, they're turning a profit, but they're also giving back to the community. I think is very important. So looking at all the, the big picture, and I think that's where outside counsel can always benefit, because I used to be an internal PR person. It was for a state agency in Massachusetts. And after a while, you just get you Used to the same thing every day, the same kinds of messages, and to have someone come in with a fresh pair of eyes and say, wait a second, why aren't you doing XYZ? I think that makes all the difference. And I know Melanie can certainly talk to you about good pitches versus bad pitches, and sometimes clients will be adamant and say, you have to get out this press release, I want this out tomorrow. And so, you know, you'd send it out, and, you know, I would always talk to Melanie and she'd say, yep, you're right, it's a dog. <laughs> And so we'd have to see how we could actually, you know, dress it up if it was possible to save. And sometimes it just isn't and we have to tell our clients that.
2: Do you what are your thoughts on Bad press being good press, or this concept. I do not, of, not agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am concept. not in that
5: camp whatsoever. I mean, look at the celebrities. Does controversy
2: help promote a company?
5: Look at the look at the celebrities, and good God, I mean, HP, what a black eye that they got in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. I don't think a controversy can really help promote a company, unless you're looking at some of the best and worst campaigns that were put out by Business Week um, for PR. You know, I think the Got Milk campaign was actually pretty ingenious, even though there were some people who raised a ruckus about it and they took it down. And what the campaign was is in bus terminals and stations where people would wait, they had Got Milk stickers, and the stickers actually smelled like chocolate chip cookies. So it was going to get people excited about drinking milk and thinking about warm chocolate chip cookies. And I think the naysayers, I mean, I think it's, it's an ingenious, it's clever, it's something that you haven't seen before, and it's going to start people talking about it, and it really did. But, of course, there were a lot of people who were diabetic who were complaining. There were a lot of people who had an aversion to certain smells who were complaining. But it did generate a lot more publicity. That that particular publicity is okay because it just gets a dialogue going. But if you're doing something that's damaging to your company, Absolutely not. And one of the core pieces of our business is crisis communications, and we try to prepare our clients for the unexpected before it happens so that they can handle it and move on. And it's all in the way you address it, Byron.
2: Hmm. Do you, In the end of the day, do you feel it's the PR firm that's the driver of, of a successful campaign, or is it the idea itself that's generated by both parties that becomes a life unto itself?
5: It's the idea. The PR people are the arms and legs that actually execute it, but it's the idea that comes, comes up and is decided in a partnership with the client, and it's the excitement that you are able to generate and the drive that's going to push it forward.
2: Tell me your thoughts on this essentially uh, contested uh, uh, PR campaign. Did you, did you hear about that tax brain, that this, the stolen NASCAR did you catch wind of that whole campaign? I didn't
5: catch that one, but, but tell me about it.
2: Yeah, it, it was an interesting campaign. So this was conceived of by the, the CEO of, of TaxBrain. They, uh, they, were, they were a sponsor of, uh, of a NASCAR event, and okay. um, their car, I believe, uh, was the winner. Um, and when they were in the circle interviewing the driver, um, someone ran from the stands, this was all planned out, and got in the car and drove off. off. (laughs) <laughs> and the police awesome? were involved. Oh my gosh, the police were involved. <laughs> it was all completely staged, but the police did not know it was a staged event. Well, see, so they ripped a the person out of the car that <laughs> was waving, you know, this is a joke. And they ripped him out of the car, threw him to the ground, handcuffed him, took him away. I mean, it was. Uh, he's, of course, now suing uh, Tax Brain, but <laughs> it created millions of dollars of publicity for them. The story ran all over the world. Very interesting strategy. What's your thought on that? That's a,
5: My I call thought that a on that is I campaign. think it's How a great you? idea. But what yeah. I would caution is that, you know, let the local law enforcement guys in on it. You know, you <laughs> could even say that you were hiring, uh, you know, a police car and an actor to do the same thing, and you would have gotten the same bang for the buck. I mean, uh, it... it, it 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 damages the company because people are thinking oh these guys will stop at nothing yes it gets them a tremendous amount of publicity but just like the celebrities it's pretty short lived mhm
2: mm-hmm. a powerful idea though yeah wouldn't you agree i mean that's uh, oh you know...
5: absolutely i mean i think it's a brilliant idea yeah. it would definitely generate a lot of interest but i think it probably would have had the same effect if they let the police in on it yeah. because people yeah. would have been talking about it you know it would have been all over youtube Mm-hmm. the video of it, right, just like right. everything I'm else. I'm sure is it is DJs. already. Of course. Tell, me,
2: tell me a little bit about compensation with PR firms. Um, mm-hmm. Then we want Melody to chime in a little bit. Are there creative things happening? Is there, is there a pay-for-performance... Uh you know, happening out there and in, in your competitive space?
5: Well, you know, some people do that, although, honestly, that's against the PRSA code of ethics, and that's hmm. the trade agency that governs PR professionals, and the reason that they do that, the reason that they say that is because you really cannot guarantee coverage for a client. Even though I know I can get a news story for a client, I can't say I can guarantee it, because unlike advertising, where you pay for a placement, you know, they say advertising, you pay for space in public relations, you pray for space, and that's essentially (laughs) true, because you're you're really selling an idea, and they have to accept that, and that's what gives it that third-party credible endorsement. So, you know, honestly, I think fee structures vary from firm to firm. You know, obviously, the larger firms have very large retainers. You can work on a retainer basis and charge a client a certain amount of money per month with a scope of work telling them exactly what you're going to do. If it's a smaller project, you can give them a price for a project. And even for some quick hits, you could do hourly. I think it all depends on the firm, but I have never, ever told my clients they can pay when I get a hit because I just don't think it's ethical.
1: Uh, Tara, before we go to break, I want to talk to you about one more thing. Uh, sure. One of the things that you and Byron discussed was really getting the message out. One of the ways that companies are sort of taking that and moving it to another angle right now is through blogging.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: What's your feeling on blogging from a PR
5: perspective? Well, I'll be honest with you, 2007 is the year that I start my blog because I think it's a phenomenal way to get messages out. But again, transparency is the key. It has to be used correctly. The bloggers have to identify themselves. If they have any affiliations with sponsors of any kind, you better disclose it because somebody's going to find out about it. And unfortunately, my former CEO, um, when I worked for a large public relations firm, learned that lesson the hard way uh, with Walmart this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I do, I think blogging is an incredibly powerful tool. I think it sways opinion. I think it shapes what's going on in our country today. But I think you really need to be careful about how you use it but I also think it's an excellent forum to get out ideas. You know, and a lot of people can argue, what is a PR person doing with a blog because all they're going to do is shill for their clients. And from my perspective, I think it's more interesting to talk about the issues of the day and what people can do to improve sure. their company's image, but also commenting on the industry as a whole.
1: Do CEOs gain or lose credibility by blogging? What do you think I about think that? I think they
5: gain credibility, honestly, yeah. if they're committed to it. You know, if they're, if the message isn't stilted, if it's genuine and honest, and if they accept feedback and address it. But, again, it's just like the website updates, Melanie. It's got to sure. be consistent. And you can get all excited about blogging, and you can start off with a bang, and then all of a sudden the postings become far and few between, and then you're thinking, what is this guy? Okay, he said he wanted to do this, but, you know, is he just jumping on to the latest craze? So
1: right, again. Right
5: you have to make a commitment to do it and to do it properly. But I think it's a very powerful tool. Lots well, of people let's, are let's reading hit it. Well, let's take
1: that to another level, Tara. <laughs> let's talk about doing it properly for a second because, you know, <laughs> blogging is, you know, a lot of people look at it as almost a, a personal journal of sorts, you know. <laughs> um, anybody can set up a blog today. Anybody can talk about it, you know. Not everybody's a great writer. Not everybody can really get into this. You know, let's, we, a, a blog is also very much the face of your company. You're representing yourself or you're representing right. the company. Um, and, you know, when you have spelling problems, when you have grammatical errors, when you have untrue statements, you know, that can really become, a, 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 you know, sort of a... Liability. It, it's a very big liability. So what mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on that? How do you, you know, what what are your suggestions to, you know... Uh, upper-level executive, CEO, you know, who really want to get out there and do this, but, you know, what about ghostwriters? What about spelling problems? What about grammar issues? How do you tackle all of that? Is it something a PR firm should do?
5: Absolutely. I think that's something that you could look at, but you would have to have someone there on a fairly frequent basis to make sure that the postings are checked and that the responses are timely. But I wouldn't want the PR person to write it without the CEO's knowledge. So again, it's all about buy-in in in terms of from the top down, because Mm -hmm. if the CEO wants to do this and he wants to get the messages out, he's got to be vested in this or she. They have to be extremely interactive with their PR company or some Someone in the company whose job it is, a lot of companies are hiring people just to manage blogs. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense because that will ensure that the messages get out, what's printed coming from the company is true, and that it's spell-checked and free from errors.
1: Before we take a break, I have one more question for you, Tara. How personal should a blog be? Pardon? How personal should a blog be?
5: You know, I don't think, honestly, in the corporate sector, I don't think it should be that personal at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I certainly don't mind lessons learned kinds of things, learning about your company. I don't, you know, I don't think everybody needs to know about a CEO's medical condition or a family or, or commenting on somebody else that's detrimental. I mean, I think that they need to be above board transparent and, above all, act like the corporate executives they are.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at the best and worst PR campaigns of 2006. Tara is going to go through some of them for us. Uh, We're going to evaluate some of our favorites um, and uh, offer you some tips on what you can do for your 2007 PR. We'll be right back.
3: Life Tips on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back with more cool tips and advice right after these commercial messages.
4: Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period.
3: Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com AdSense now.
4: Flashback, November 2004. A brand new radio station launched onto the World Wide Web. That station was WebmasterRadio.fm. Today, Webmaster Radio is one of the fastest growing internet media outlets in the the world. Webmaster Radio boasts one of the most respected talk radio lineups in the internet business world. Danny Sullivan, Chris Tall, Susan Bratt, Jim Hedger, Barry Schwartz, Jeremy Schumann Ryan and Jeffrey Eisenberg, Greg Nyland, Katie Kempner. We travel coast to coast to bring you the most extensive and detailed live coverage of the most high-profile trade shows in the world. Ad Tech, Search Engine Strategy, RSA, Webmaster World, DMA, Ecom Expo. And we have brought you keynote speeches interviews of some of the biggest influential names in business today. Eric Schmidt, Andrew Haywood, Barry Dillon, John Patel, Keith Barazzi, and way too many others to mention. Our live programming and on-demand podcasting keeps the B2B world informed. We are WebmasterRadio.fm and we're everywhere.
0: Blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
3: And now, back to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Life Tips. Today, we are talking about
1: PR Initiatives for 2007. This is Melanie Nayer and I am here with Tara Fryer from the Goodwin Group here in Massachusetts and we are going to dive into the the last part of our show today Um, and we are going to talk about some of the best and worst PR initiatives from two thousand and six. I am going to have so much fun with this. Like, <laughs> this is this is great because you know what? You probably don't realize it from a PR perspective because a lot of listeners are probably hearing it from more of a media and a news perspective. But let's let's just rattle off a few things here, right? We start with um, uh, talk uh, OJ's book. Okay, yeah. PR crisis, right? Um, <laughs> Taco Bell E. coli, PR right. crisis. Bausch and Loam PR crisis. Mm -hmm. Then you have things like Bill Clinton and Richard Branson who kind of launched this green innovation with Bill Clinton's global initiative. You know, these are all things that businesses have invested in, whether it's Walmart, whether it's O.J. Simpson, whether it's um, Richard Branson and his Virgin Atlantic, you know, the Virgin Group and Virgin Atlantic Airlines. These are all businesses that have very high stakes in PR initiatives. Tara, let's talk about some of these. Let's start with HP. Sure. Um, Yeah. Go ahead and tell me a little bit about what you thought from an HP. You know, for those, we should probably give a little bit of background. Um, HP was caught with confidential phone records of their directors and employees, Um, and it, you know, obviously was something that leaked to the press. Um, That's what we call crisis control.
5: Well, and first of all, you have to start with the company was acting inappropriately. Sure. And all the PR geniuses in a room can't help them after the horses out of the barn and running wild, and this is the case with HP. I'm just kind of shocked that Patricia Dunn, who was HP's uh, chairwoman at the time, really didn't take a play out of, uh, or, or didn't understand what happened to Richard Nixon during Watergate, and I'm dating myself here, Melanie, but I remember clearly that he had hired special investigators that were called plumbers to plug the leaks in the White House, and here, HP was spying, hiring people out. sources to spy not only on its own board but journalists wall street journal business week reporters i mean people were being spied on their trash was being gone through i mean it's just bad behavior and sometimes no matter how good you are at pr you can't dig yourself out of that hole if the top has some really serious ethical issues
1: so what's the one lesson we learn what's the one tip that we offer companies from this hp disaster
5: If you're going to get into the business of PR and you want publicity for your company, you have to be absolutely transparent and above board in your dealings. And if for some reason something bad happens, like the case of Bausch & which we can get into, you need to explain to your customers immediately what the problem is. And it's all about crisis communications and getting the messages out as quickly as possible. One hour after a crisis breaks, if no one is out there, you are doomed.
1: Well, let's move right into the Bausch & Lomb scenario. Um, For those who don't know, Bausch Bausch & Lomb's Renew product was recalled when it was found that it can create a fungal eye infection that causes blindness. Big problem.
5: Huge. Now, I will say, um, Bausch & Lomb actually tried to get out in front of it as fast as possible. They pulled the items off the shelves immediately, and then they launched into a very aggressive ad and public relations campaign. Let me interrupt
1: you. You said as fast as possible. What was the time frame?
5: I believe it was within a couple of hours of after getting several reports. I I know that they had received several reports that this was a problem, and they said, we've got to act, and we've got to get rid of this. And so they pulled it immediately off the shelf, or pretty quickly, I would say, from finding out. And then they engaged in a, a very upfront advertising and public relations campaign. Most of what I saw was advertising. I did see a few interviews, but they wanted to talk about public safety, how that they have built up a company based on consumer trust. They absolutely apologized for the incident. I believe in some cases in the print interviews, they they theorized about what may have happened, but they weren't sure. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to reassure the public that they are still a dependable company. And I think that they, I think people are still buying Bausch & Lomb iProducts. Sure, Uh, absolutely.
1: Well, those are two examples of crisis management PR. Let's go into something that was a great PR initiative. Let's talk about Sharman's idea for the public restrooms in New York.
5: I love this one. I really do because, again, it it illustrates the kind of creative thinking.
1: Well, let's give the listeners a little idea of what they did.
5: Yeah, what better place? To you know, kind of launch a PR or interesting campaign than Times Square in New York City. <laughs> thousands and thousands of tourists pass by there. It's a zoo. My son, my 17-year-old son, thinks it's the best place on earth, and he may be right. It's it's just extremely busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. And Charmin decided to install in the center of Times Square public restrooms that were decked out with Charmin products. And we all need public restrooms, and people are going to remember that.
0: Absolutely. And talk about
5: it. And it got a tremendous amount of media coverage, even great pictures of the inside of a toilet stall. Now, come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think one of the great lessons learned here was that creativity counts.
5: Oh, absolutely. That's, that's so important because, again, you want to get above the competition. What are, what are people not doing? You know, the, Charmin decided to really physically address what their product is used for. Absolutely. And that um, was Perfect.
1: Let's talk about uh, the Branson-Clinton.
5: A wonderful example of charitable PR and a gesture that wowed America.
1: Absolutely. Um, Let me give a little bit of background as to what happened here.
5: Sure. Um, Bill he, he's,
1: Clinton had a global initiative that um, you know, he kind of set, set the pace on, if you will, to sort of increase a little bit of greener living around uh, all of us. Um, and Richard Branson, who, uh, as we all know, is the um, – Virgin Group founder and Virgin Atlantic Airlines, um, Bill Clinton and Richard Branson, pledged to invest all future profits from Virgin's four airlines and two train companies, which is an estimated $3 billion over the next decade, into a renewable energy initiatives to combat global warming.
5: I think Tara. it was, it, well, you know, he is a billionaire. He obviously has the money to do this, and he's always been interested in environmental initiatives. And I think it's a wonderful gesture. I think it's a statement that brings people closer together. It sees that corporate giants aren't always necessarily about greed. When they hear bad stories, they always think corporate America is corrupt here's a great story. It got an enormous amount of press. I think it was like two or three days that I saw Richard Branson's face with Bill Clinton on the news, just in a row, which is remarkable, because as you know, everyone kind of moves on to the next greatest thing. And I think it was a very, very genuine move. And I think people saw that in the media coverage. It wasn't. And, you know, it's interesting, because I don't think he did it for the media coverage. I think that's no. a part of it, but I think he really did it from his heart, and I think that's what resonated, and that's what got people talking.
1: Absolutely. I have two more that I want to reveal with you. Mm-hmm. Um, with the birth of YouTube, there's a lot right now on the Internet, um, you know, and, and there's a lot going on in terms of PR when you're talking about um, getting yourself out there and making a statement via video. YouTube did a thing on um, uh, it was it was a lonely girl video. I don't do you remember this, Tara? <laughs> I do. Um, and it was you know it was, it was the supposed video diary of mm-hmm. a sixteen year old homeschooled girl on YouTube. Right. Turns out the whole thing was a sham. Mm-hmm. Where do you draw the line between deceptive and creativity?
5: See, you know. I thought that was interesting, but I didn't necessarily think it was creative because people are thinking that this is a real person, and there's deception that's involved in that. And when I keep touting and talking about being in the age of transparency, people want to know that what they're seeing and what they're getting out there is true. And obviously there's a lot that's not, but I think by deceiving the public, it's definitely going to hurt you in the long run. And it did get a lot of attention. Because people were kind of, you know, checking in to see what she was doing on any given day. And then when it was a sham, it just kind of, you know, fizzled completely out. Oh, it's a sham. And now, you know, it, it's, it's not honest.
1: Well, I want to uh, spend the next few minutes talking about what was undoubtedly one of my favorite stories of 2006 <laughs> and the subsequent PR that came from it. Uh, Tara, I know you love this one, too. Um, it, it's not part of Business Week's Best or Worst. It is my per- it's part of Melanie's best and worst. Can I and guess? And it it's by far the worst. <laughs> and I'm talking about the Dick Cheney gun <laughs> incident.
5: Cheney's got a gun. Cheney's yeah. got
1: a gun, and his PR <laughs> people royally messed that one up.
5: You know, <sighs> Melanie, all I can say is when that story broke, I kept looking at the television, looking online, saying, <laughs> what are these people thinking? I mean, when you go into a lockdown mode and you become completely silent about something that's so serious, it, it, it makes people wonder and scratch their heads. You know, was this a conspiracy theory? What kind of dealings did this guy well, have Well, you bring up a really good to, point.
1: This was a very serious issue. Yes. Not only from a personal perspective, but this is one of the most powerful men in our in, nation. In the
5: country, absolutely. Who made a
1: really big mistake.
5: And And how about if you come out and you say, immediately... This was an accident. He needed to be a talking head out there ASAP. I mean, this this cone of silence was just <laughs> appalling. It was. I mean, to think that that could actually happen in this country was staggering.
1: It was. It, it was pretty eventful. Yeah, I mean, was, I, mean I, I admit, Tara, I got a good chuckle out of it. But oh yeah. Like you, you were, as I long as you're not the guy. The crisis control to happen. Right. Like this is this is our gov- This is the White House.
5: Well, and where are the advisors? You know, I mean, there are times when I've practically come to blows with some of my clients, and we're good friends, but we will have arguments about what they need to do and what they don't need to do. And if they're going to make a misstep, I let them know about it. And I'm not sure that the White House has people around that have spines anymore.
1: Tara, what was your favorite PR campaign from 2006?
5: My favorite? Well, I have I have a favorite, Worst and Best, oh, which I would be happy to share with you. I, I did, I was very impressed by Virgin. I know Entergy um, got a lot of attention, and I think they did a great job with battling Hurricanes Katrina and Rita and restoring yeah. all of the power to hundreds of thousands of people who were impacted by that. And I think they did a great job because they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They had daily media briefings they had updates on the website they let everyone know what was going on and they, they told them when they hit pitfalls and what the problems were and I think that's what the public wants you know they're very smart they're very educated they know how to get their news and they want to see what a company's doing and if they're making the effort to do the job I think it's going to work well but my the one that I was most intrigued by this year and a lot of people may or may not know about this um, is Walmart because it actually involved the company that I used to work at, which was Edelman Public Relations, and they are a phenomenal, phenomenal public relations firm. And their CEO is an absolute advocate for tra- advocate, excuse me, for transparency. But it just goes to show you sometimes there there may even be some missteps. Um, have you ever heard the term "Walmarting," Melanie? <laughs> It has good connotations and bad connotations, and a lot of people kind of associated it with a bad connotation. Yeah. So Edelman decided to... Well, this
1: is one from the blogs, too.
5: Yes, yes. Uh, decided to come up with a concept called Walmarting Across America, (laughs) where they supposedly had independent bloggers who were going to drive an RV kind of sort of across country and park at the Walmarts all in the different states and write about their experiences. But what happened was the press kind of caught on to it because every Walmart employee they talked to was singing the praises of the company. (laughs) And you know that just doesn't happen all the time. Right. So the, the business media actually caught on, and it turned out that Jim and Laura, who were the RV drivers, were actually being compensated by the PR firm to do this. Now, it would have been fine if that was disclosed in the beginning of the campaign, because people would know what they were getting, but the fact that it came out later caused a bit of a black eye for the firm. But I have to give credit to Richard Edelman, because (laughs) he went right out and... You know, explained what happened. He issued an apology, and he did the right thing. He took full responsibility for what happened, even though I'm sure it wasn't his idea, nor did he have anything to do with it, because he has a very large PR company.
1: Absolutely. But right, they also. Well,
5: and, oh, I'm sorry, Melanie. No, but Walmart go right ahead. Also, also rebounded um, because they launched their uh, some of their prescription generic drugs for four dollars, if you remember, and that issued a huge um, public relief.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, listen, we've are gonna. we got a, just a few minutes left. I want to quickly wrap up with some quick tips that companies can do to get noticed in 2007 from this interview that we've had with Tara. The first one is transparency is key. Be genuine. And do that especially when you're online and you're talking about your website. Creativity is great, folks. Use it. Have fun with it. Tell a story that involves more than just your company. Tie into existing trends and make sure that you deliver the unexpected. Byron, talk to me.
2: Boy, let's see. This has been really informational and educational. But, of course, I have a couple of final twists to throw at this just to make it interesting. Um, It seems to me that we learned that, you know, the skill required to engage the media today is really radically different. Um, Traditionally, you know, sending press releases is a fruitless effort. Journalists are cluttered with too many stories. You know, clients are faced with fierce competition with how to get in the press and the media. So what do we do? I mean, my takeaway is we've got to start thinking – super creatively here. Um, can we YouTube ourselves to fame? You know, can we create a soap opera our way to fame? Can we create celebrity endorsement our way to fame? Can we pray our way to fame? I mean, it just seems to me that we, we as you suggested, we need to think out of the box. But what are your, what are, how do you think creatively? You know, leave us with a tip on how you go about the process of thinking of a creative idea about what would be good for a client.
5: Bring in outside ideas. So if you're a company that doesn't have a lot of outside support, talk to friends, talk to family members, get some opinions. But we love to have what we call brainstorming sessions. And we sit around and we talk about what might be spectacular for a client, what might really work, what might push the envelope. And, you know, no idea is laughed at or you know, immediately thrown out. We want to get as many ideas out there as possible and then kind of hone them down to two or three that make the most sense. But I think, as you mentioned, Byron, and as I said earlier, creativity is really the key. You need to be creative. You need to be current with all of the trends that are going on, and you need to make sure that whatever you do, you're going to get above the DIN that everybody else is in. And that's what PR is all about, and that's why you see all of these creative campaigns. Some of them did extraordinarily well and some of them failed, but everyone's trying to do something to get themselves just that two or three pegs higher so that people pay attention.
2: Well, we're going to have to go back to the creative drawing board and the brainstorm (laughs) drawing board here at Life Tips because we fizzled in the latter part of 2006, and we really appreciate these ideas that will help us and our listeners uh, get some uh, some press, hopefully, in 2007.
5: Well, it was my pleasure, Byron and Melanie, and thanks so much for having me. Thanks Thanks, for being here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All
1: right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in.